deal with, but sometimes it sneaks up on us, right? This idea that we all have these patterns that we repeat over and over in our lives. And some of them are healthy and really support a, a good functional lifestyle and some not so much. So I think this is a great topic. It is indeed. And so for me, the, the question comes up as to how does one become aware of their own patterns? And are there any great tools that can help one discover them? Let's talk about our own patterns a little bit. Because it's something that is so subtle, right? It's like breathing. I think they're hard to identify because it is so inherent to our existence. What are some of your own patterns that you're aware of? My mom used to say this to me in French when I was younger, and there's no particular word that really fits it. But she would say when I was a kid that I loved to help her in particular, but even strangers and other people. And as I got older, I wonder whether or not it might have been just called uh, people pleasing. And it's something that were it to be true that I would need to fully address. I also would say that I might have used being busy quite a lot, which kept me from addressing certain things in the past. My first career was quite demanding in finance. And I don't know that I had yet understood the fact that I had to be a lot more intentional about it when it came to wanting to address certain things. How about you? Something that I've recognized in myself over the years is I'm great with routine building routine, maintaining routine. And it's something that definitely helps me thrive under any circumstances. Even when pressed to the max, whatever that may be, I know that like I have this uncanny ability to create routine and then routines generally that are healthy and that help me function under whatever those circumstances may be to get back to, you know, whatever stability looks like. That's probably the most outstanding because everything almost kind of filters back to that. But it is like this thing I am hardwired to create and replicate routine. And I will adjust it as needed, but that's kind of my, my de facto, which I kind of thought everybody did, but I didn't realize until talking with friends that who were, that's just not, I was like, oh, I thought you always did X, whatever X may be. You know, they, they said, no, you know, you're really disciplined and you just, you are great with following routine. And I just, I kind of took it for granted. I really did think that was how everybody operated. It's not the case, Clotilde. I've known you for what? <laughs> <laughs> for a while, you are one of the most disciplined people I know. <laughs> I used to joke with my therapist. I used to say, even my discipline has discipline. <laughs> when did you start becoming that? Or was that how you have always been? I think that's probably just how I've always been. I think it's something that gave me some semblance of normalcy as a kid. When I was younger, it was more like, okay, this is the time that I study. This is my time for friends. This is my time for TV, but I just really have like held to that, whether it's within a day or even like within a specific block of time. Like if I set aside time to study, I had like a little progression that I would go through and like that was how I studied. You know, it was just what I figured out worked for me. Going back, I would say it's something that I've done since I was pretty young. But I know that you have done a lot of work with your therapist and just within yourself in identifying some healthy and not so healthy patterns? I think that for me, 
I tend to associate this conversation with ambition and climbing whatever ladder I have in terms of pursuing certain endeavors. And so patterns that I've realized I had, they went along the lines of, do I deserve this? Am I good enough? Am I qualified enough? Right? The imposter syndrome. Or my life currently is too disorganized for me to jump into this new world that would require me being a lot more organized. One of the most common traits of self-sabotage is procrastination. And again, it's something that I recall leaving finance and going into fashion. It took me a while to make the move because there was a great level of, Eric, who do you think you are to do this? Are you qualified enough? I know that I've also gone into the, my life currently is not that bad. It doesn't really require a change. And I think that having all of these particular, what I thought were justifiable reasons combined, allowed me to go from one to another. You could say, well, see, I'm just so busy right now. That's why I'm having to procrastinate. And then the, it's not that bad. That was, I think, my go-to as the last resort. After having gone through, well, I'm quite busy, so I have to procrastinate. But am I even deserving of something that I know I shouldn't be doing? And then it would go into the, well, you know, if I were to do this, am I even quite organized enough? What is it going to require out of me to do this in the future? So it was, I think, a well thought out number of excuses that kept me where I was and kept me from growing. At what point did you realize that was a pattern? Between finance and fashion, it took me a year. And it's not until I dove into it that I developed a certain kind of courage. One of the best tools was detachment. I look back and I said to myself, well, was it that bad? You are here doing it. You may not be doing it as well as you want to, but you're doing it. But for a year, there was a great level of self-talk, of self-sabotage. And leaving that career and not being in what I would call my third career, I no longer take nearly as long to do something new. Does that apply across all facets of your life? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, we're talking about patterns, right? And you're talking about having identified self-sabotage in your career. And it sounds like you've outlined what seems like a pretty clear progression of things that you noticed in kind of looking back that led you on that path of self-sabotage. And so I'm wondering if you've been able to identify that pattern of behavior across multiple facets of your life. I'll say that maybe a couple of them might have, i.e. you get into a fight with someone that you are close to and the mature side of you is saying, it's about time that you reconnect with them. You can and you should. I think that the level of procrastination that might have been exercised there was quite relevant. The, I'm too busy right now to make time for it. Whether it was ego, whether it was not having gotten to a place where you had forgiven the person, or you were even, be, you were even ready to be admonished for what you had done. I might have used some of these particular excuses, i.e., what I've done wasn't that bad. Do I deserve to be forgiven? Or are they ready to also be forgiven? Or I'm too busy to really make time for it. It's going to be too demanding emotionally. So the answer to your question is yes. 
I'm curious about how you were able to identify self-sabotaging behavior in your career, because I would imagine at the time between your shift from finance into fashion, whatever you learned in that transition has probably played out and paid multiple dividends as you've made the transition from fashion to being now a mental health care entrepreneur? I think that it's a muscle. It took me a week to decide to leave fashion and go into mental health. So in lieu of a year, in a week, I made the decision. It was easier because I had developed the muscle and the muscle might have been fear, right? So think of it, if you will, as you have water. On one end, you have a small island. On the other end, you have a country, right? And most people live in the country. You have very few of them that live on the island. That island represents people who, at what point in time, had a vision and said to themselves, all right, I think I can do this. And for some reason, they made it. They live on the island. Most of us, I'd say 95% of us, live in the country. Between the island and the country itself is the water that's infested with sharks. The sharks are patterns of self-sabotage. Seven years ago, it had taken me a year to develop the courage to jump in the waters. And I jumped in the waters and I got to be familiar with the environment. It's not as lonely a world as you think it is. And what it adds that you never knew existed is a profound ability of what skills you have that you never knew you had because you have to use them to survive. And I think that's what I mean by muscle. It is the first time that requires a great amount of courage and where your self-sabotage patterns are the most important. But once you do it once or twice, those patterns tend not to be as powerful. Well, yeah, because you've proven it to yourself, right? That you have the ability to overcome whatever's in the water. I guess like anything, the first time you do something that you've never done before, it's frightening. But then you do it again and you realize, oh, I can do that. I can do a lot of different things. And I see how that is a muscle that you develop. We all struggle with times where we have to do something or we want to do something that seems like it's just rife with obstacles to get from here to there. I think it's something everybody can relate to. And I think what's powerful about this specific topic is that beauty of once you identify patterns in your own behavior, the ones that serve you and the ones that don't, I think it clears the path for so much more. And it almost slingshots you to whatever the destination is that you're trying to get to. With that, I thought we could maybe share some tools, ones that have served us, ones that we've learned through either our own therapists and definitely encourage people to seek out their own methods as well. But maybe we share some methods to help people identify their own patterns. I'd like to start with um, detachment. Detachment can be born out of self-awareness. You develop a sense of self-awareness. You become detached enough to analyze, understand, study who you are, what you do, what you don't do. And once you've done that, it becomes self-reflection, where you've now developed an understanding of patterns that you've adopted. One then could say, well, how do you develop self-awareness? Meditation? Therapy? That's the question. Clotilde. 
Well, some of the tools that I've studied, some of the tools that have been recommended to me through um, everyone from therapists to life coaches to even in a business environment, they'll often say you start with noticing your feelings and thoughts when they occur. Now that sounds like, duh, but it actually just requires a level of intention and presence that we maybe only bring to specific experiences. But once you, again, start to build the muscle of noticing when you feel a certain way, when you think a certain thought, like when you have a negative or even a positive voice in your head about something that you're doing. And we all have these moments where we notice in our head when we're doing something that's really not in our best interest. So noticing those feelings, noticing those thoughts, when do they come up? When is it worse? Does it happen at a certain time of day? Does it happen around a specific activity? Is it always at work? Is it always when you're with your spouse? Or is it always around certain people? Because As you start to notice these patterns, then you realize, oh, that's a pattern. (laughs) But you don't get into that moment until you really bring intention and presence to that process. So to your point, meditation can help you get there. Journaling can help you get there, even if it's just like writing down two things that came up at the end of the day every day. It's a process that can help you access a whole level of awareness and knowledge about yourself and your own behavior that can just unlock worlds of ease and effortlessness about everything else in your life. You know, when I was doing some research for this episode, I also came across another really cool tool that I'm sure people can find easily, but it's called ACT. And you can literally break out like a matrix. And so for some people, this makes identifying patterns even easier. ACT is an acronym that basically goes through a series of steps that you go from acceptance to the present moment to diffusion into values and then taking committed action. So it's a series of steps that you can go through that help us identify our own patterns, and then even identify what are the ones that we want to hold on to and what are the ones we want to change. I love how you described the self-talk and how you you can control it. And various aspects, when they come up, how they come up, why they come up, and the ability to get to a point where you are able to identify them speaks to a higher level of, of strength, of presence. Well, this is great. I've learned a lot. I guess that wraps it up for today. What do you think? Anything else you want to throw in before we close today? Be safe and be blessed. <laughs>